Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Better. I'm Julie Duffy, and joining me today is Dr. John Duffy. Hi. Hey. <laughs> oh, <laughs> literally, we keep starting over because John tells me not to laugh, but what? whatever. I'm in a good mood. Uh, you're in a great mood, and okay. laughing is fun. I'm laughing, laughing is I'm, fun. It's healthy. So You're probably healthier than you were a minute ago. Yeah, I'm laughing. Laughing is good. It's hot in here. <laughs> it is not hot. In oh, I'm here. drinking the double caffeinated tea. <laughs> half calf. Okay, the double well, caffeinated. I'm going to sit uh, across, across the room from this again. microphone. Oh my god. Um, so yeah, we were um, in New York last weekend. Yep. You're, so you're talking like triple time though. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you right, right now, you've got to stop drinking coffee. <laughs> John did a talk in Morristown, New Jersey, last Wednesday, a week ago Wednesday. Shout out to Jennifer Rocco and Deborah Brassaker. And Deborah, um, I've never said your last name, so hopefully that's how you pronounce it. But yeah, Jennifer and Deborah were awesome. We met Jennifer at Zen Parenting Conference, um, and she worked hard to bring John out to her school district, and it was amazing. It was amazing. It was great, and it's a it was a great turnout, and you know, really, really thoughtful questions. It was kind of fun. To, I always love that part, hanging out. And one thing I noticed in, so, I, you know, having done a book tour before, we've done this once before, um, and doing it now, one distinct difference is there are men there, like dads are around. Yeah. I love that, man. Yeah, there, that is a shift in the tide there. Yeah. I think and, everyone... And dads are asking questions. They're engaged. Yep, really engaged. Yeah, there were a lot of people there. And challenging, a little challenging. They're kind of pressing me like, you know, ah, really, does that work? I got I got one of those. Like, Well, you, you know, you cover a lot. There's a lot going on. It's it's Some of it's heavy, and they want to, they just want to clarify. Yeah, no doubt. What you're saying applies to them, their kid, um, and um, that they have, they're clear about it, right? No, it's completely... Fine. It's completely fair. I don't feel the least bit attacked. I feel um, no. I'm kidding. I really don't. No, yeah, you it don't. Was, it, it's actually. I really enjoy that. You know. And and I'm and I'm grateful when people ask questions because I'm like, oh, they're these people are really working to be the best parents they can be in a difficult time to be a, a parent. Seriously. Yeah. And our so Scott Shanley. Um, who is a good friend of ours, who worked with John and Steve Harvey, and who produces this podcast, was there. That was so fun to see Scott. It was so fun to see Scott. Scott's the first guy. I thought about this um, while we were talking to him. He's the first guy to hear our podcast every single time we do one. Yeah. Yeah. And Scott's the best. Scott is... um, not only is he great at production and editing, but he actually comes up with a lot of ideas for us. And um, and Scott is the future of my profession as well yeah. because uh, he will be starting grad school. Um, and Scott, you're probably. I hope you're not surprised here. <laughs> starting grad school in. Uh, He's thinking about that's probably his plan. Yeah, he'd be soon. amazing. Oh, and I hope I'm not outing you. You, you if you, if it, if uh, this is something you don't want people to hear, Scott. Oh, you can edit. You it. can edit <laughs> it. But you're, <laughs> you're the one guy who can decide. Like, well, that's coming out. But yeah, it was but, so fun to see Scott and a really good friend of mine from growing up, Jeremy Shires and his beautiful wife Michelle who I'd never met they came too he realized they're the best by the way they're the so, Love they're them. so fun um they he realized oh you know from your post John's coming to a town 20 minutes from me um so yeah it was so fun to see them and hang out with them after and it was too short and we'll be back we are actually getting 
several requests from New Jersey super randomly. John's actually getting requests from all over the country. Oh, and just— Am uh, I talking really fast? You're you're, you're giving a lot of information in a very short period of time, and specifically to my old college buddy, Dune Wintz, who lives in Morristown. Apologies, we miscommunicated, missed each other, and um, he's bummed, but we will let you know, Dune, next time we're in New Jersey, and we expect to see you there and bring— Springsteen, if you can. just Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Frank Bruce. So we'll be back. We'll be back in the New Jersey area soon. Um, and yes. Oh, then we went to New York and saw Charlotte. We stayed for the weekend. Went into the city, saw Charlotte and Tobias, our really good friends, and had dinner with them. And we saw our really good friends. And they were amazing and so fun. Yeah. So fun. Mike and Brooke and Andy and AL. Yep. So Mike and Andy and I have been friends since we were very young, like kids. Yeah. And, um, and we have been close ever since. And, um, and it, it's really fun when we all get together. And um, we, we had a great time with them. And we went to um, Mike and Brooke's apartment, which is uh, in the village, which is beautiful and awesome. And then um, Andy and A.L.'s killer uh, house, kind of like first floor of a house in Brooklyn, um, so it was really cool to see where everybody lives and that everybody's happy and in good places. Yeah, it was fun to see Brooklyn. We had been there once before, actually for Andy's book signing, and got a little bit of a vibe, but it was fun to walk around their neighborhood, see where they live. It's always fun to know, like, yeah, where your peeps live. And I don't think the uh, Welcome Back Cotter jokes got old at all. Haha, uh-huh. I don't even remember that. Oh, Mike and I, oh, kept, Mike and I kept doing Mr. Cotter stuff. There's always shtick going on that I'm like, I'm happy to miss sometimes. We actually remember a lot of bits from Welcome Back, Cotter. Like all four main characters, we were doing a little bit of Horshack, a little bit of uh, of um, uh, Epstein. Uh, oh, let's yeah. see, and then uh, Freddie Boom Boom Washington, and the only guy whose name on the show I can't remember is Travolta's. Oh yeah, I can't remember, but you know, I remember he was like, up your nose with a rubber hose. He was like that guy. Oh, I don't remember his name. Right? That's right. Yeah. And then there was Mr. Kata. I was going to say Danny Zuko, but that's not right. That's uh, well, that's Greece. Greece. And that wasn't him, right? Wasn't he? Uh, no, he was Danny Zuko. Oh, I thought Danny Zuko was the other guy that, who died. By that's the way. Kanicki. By the way, spoiler alert. A guy from <laughs> Greece is dead. <laughs> Kanicki, right? Kanicki's dead, right? Yeah. He was on Taxi, too. I think he was my favorite. I know he was your favorite. Let's face it, we both know he was your favorite. Why have okay. we talked about that before? Yeah, you've talked about it, okay? Can a little Nikki? bit. Yeah. That's come up? I'm afraid so. <laughs> this is sad. That was a... here, this is what happens when one person in a couple drinks sometimes and the other one. Oh does. boy, there it is. And there it is. Okay. Oh my god. Yes, because I've heard about Kinnicky. I would never know the name Kinnicky if you didn't fawn over the guy for the last 30 years. Wow. Why do you think I wear those gas station scrubs? <laughs> <laughs> trying to get oh your attention. God. I feather my hair every morning. I'm trying to make something happen Who here. Who knew that was going to happen? Um, so, yeah. Oh, two things. Yes. I want to give my thoughts on that everyone has weighed in on. Um, and you talked about it on your other podcast with Heidi. Um, so, J-Lo, Shakira, amazing empowered, just badass piece of art was your halftime show. So congratulations to them. Um, And I don't get the whole, you know, 
this is bad for our girls kind Don't of get what, that. what message are we giving our in girls fact, I posted, like you know that that was a girls rule the world and in a lot of ways they kind of do right now you know we've talked about this in especially in entertainment a lot of women are kind of front and center oh uh, music um, writing the the, the, right. the books I read are yeah. about, written by women. You know what I mean? Like the columns I read are written by women. So there's a huge imbalance, and we know that in a lot of ways. But that was a that was an amazing moment for women. I thought. You know what I was really glad about with, in terms of that halftime show? I was thinking is that you and I got to watch that, and I was I was not thinking about. Anything political or, um, you know, like what are what does this mean for women or anything like that? I was just honestly thinking, this is going to be pretty damn good. Like I, I, I knew like I have no idea how good this is going to be, and it was bigger and better and stronger and and more of a of an awesome spectacle than I had anticipated, you know, like, and oh, yeah, I, I was blown away. And I, and I think we're kind of, I'm, I'm going to say that we're kind of connoisseurs of just the halftime show. And there's been some where I, Bruce did a halftime show a few years ago, and it was probably my least favorite halftime show ever. It was terrible. I it was barely cheesy. remember that. I remember it really well. And I've watched it recently. The only other halftime show that's made any impact on me at all was Prince in the Rain, which is, was just this I don't know. It just seemed like God was on stage with a big swirly guitar. But what these women did, what J-Lo and Shakira did was unbelievable, man. It was like it was – I couldn't believe with each thing that there was more. Like as Shakira's going, I'm like, wow, I didn't know Shakira was so great. Like she's amazing. She's a great dancer. These songs, I recognize every one of them. They're great. And then I was like, oh, no, like, J-Lo has to follow this. Like, and we're 10 minutes in. Like, you know, this thing goes on forever. Well, did you really think, oh, no, J-Lo has to follow this? Yeah, because I'm like, you know, how do you top that? This is the stuff J-Lo Well, does. no, I get it. I get it. I know you said Jimmy, she was on Jimmy Fallon and they're friends. And he was thinking, oh, no, J-Lo has to follow this, he was. right? He said. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and then, you know, the stripper pole, people are talking about that. But, you know, and I haven't heard anyone acknowledge and note, I'm sure they realize it, that, you know, it was that was a nod to her movie that she's in that she trained her ass off to be able to do. And apparently so should was, have been nominated for an Oscar for and was snubbed, honestly. Yeah. So that, yeah. that that's all just athleticism and power. And, yeah, there were a couple – and someone pointed this out. You know, there were a couple, you know, up-close crotch shots. But that's really the camera people, not really – you know, if, if that offended anyone. Um, well, if that offended anyone, go back and watch Michael Jackson and Prince do their shows. And grab their crotch and, all the And Justin time. Timberlake, and they will literally, like, yeah. camera in the camera, grab their crotch. Yeah. So, so, anyway, I just wanted to put my two cents in. Not that anyone cares, but I thought that was a an amazing moment for women. I mean, both of them are – I already said it. I'm feeling passionate. With my I love that. But, but yeah, they're, they're both amazing humans, um, so kind and humble, and they work so hard, and they, it's, I think they you know, will, are, will lead us all in the right direction. Imagine how hard they worked yeah. to make that happen. I mean, to just the athleticism of, of all of that. And just lingering on the stripper pole thing for a second, by the way, like a lot of people are – 
I work with, I've worked over the past several years with women who have done pole dancing, like, classes. Yeah. And, um... Kelly Hurley. And it is the most badass thing. You know, it, it is really hard. And, you know, and, and when you master something on on the pole, I think it's like, you feel, it's it's like mastering a yoga pose or something like that. I don't know that... Everybody has hypersexualized that, other than the, uh, you know, like the dumb shit kind of community. Well, and also, again, I know this has been so over discussed, but I was thinking about all the singers, all the guy singers that have girls like twerking, like just asses in your face, girls twerking during their songs. Like, picture, um, wait, who's that guy? Like, Miami. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Pitbull. Uh, and, I mean, really every single male, like, singer, rapper, nobody says anything. Robin you know? Thick. Yeah, so yeah. whatever. Blah, blah, blah. I thought they were, I thought it was amazing. And congrats to them. And I, I agree. Thought, I thought it, and, you know, she had her daughter up there and they all, all those these little girls. Like, it was a, this is how you, you know, Take control of your own life and career and destiny, and you know, own own it. Yep, and and they're not they're the, nobody they're not nobody's victim. There were so victim. many great little like um, moments in there. My my favorite being when her daughter came up saying, "Born in the USA," when Jayla was seemed to be wrapped in the American flag, opens it up. It's the Puerto Rican flag, which is, is a, part of America. Right? I mean, it was such a powerful statement. Remember, and there were there were a number of moments like that and you know watch j-lo talk to jimmy fallon about what that whole experience was like um it is you you just fall in love with her she's she's um so sweet and strong and kind and brilliant and to hear her walk you through it i mean she'll she'll basically tell you this is what each bit of it means and none of it means anything that anybody's talking about like you know the first thing is i'm standing on top of the empire state building like king kong girls rule yeah. the world that's the point yeah. of the whole friggin' thing and latin girls in particular in this case Rule yeah, the world, it. and it's it's a kick-ass statement. It was a great made with, moment with, with power. It was a great moment for women and girls. Agreed. Um, Loved it. Best, my favorite halftime show ever, without question. I'm surprised to say because I never would have sought out like a J Lo show or a Shakira ditto. show. Um, I, I've kind of switched. Wait, who said it was the best? Who was it? Was like Bush or somebody that said it was the best halftime show he's not ever like, seen? Not only was it Bush, Jeb. It was Jeb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Jeb loved it, which um, I'm, I get why Jeb loved it. Yeah. I mean, and Jeb is actually a Florida guy, so maybe there's a little bit of Miami in Jeb that we haven't seen. Yeah, and his wife's from, can't remember, <laughs> South America somewhere, I think. Or is she Cuban? Anywho. <laughs> All right, so we've talked about that. Yep, the good. other thing that I want Julie, to... by the way, has agenda today. I'm so excited no, about I, it. I, uh, uh, the other thing that I want to mention is Mitt Romney. Um, He's a traitor. He's a traitor to this country. Ha, ha, ha. No. Okay. Uh, I thought you were going somewhere else. Really, honestly, not because of how he voted, but because of why. I just want to say, um, here's to you, Mitt Romney, for at great personal risk, uh, expressing your truth. Um, for the right reasons. I sound like, are you here for the right reasons? Sorry, that reminds me of The Bachelor. Um, for the right reasons. And, and for this reason, Mitt Romney, you get this rose. <laughs> you get my rose. <laughs> Mitt absolutely gets my rose. 
Um, I, I feel like, um, and this includes people on both sides of the aisle that I don't see or can cannot relate to in any way, shape, or form, I think m- many of us don't, myself included, express our true opinions sometimes if there's any risk even in the room um any risk to uh, offending anyone or um being um you know hearing back from anyone we sometimes just do it when it's convenient or when we're with others that are like-minded but he stood up and voted his conscience and i think it made me and I mean, I, I know it made me be able to breathe. It was like a crack in the clouds, in the dark clouds, and the sun came through. And to me, it was an example of how we all should be, and certainly our elected officials, but all of us. It's like, wow, that was so, uh, so remarkable. Which it shouldn't have been but in a way, we, right? The, I, this is what I keep saying. How can everything be so down party lines? That makes no sense to me. That feels that people are not being authentic. So, you know, it it was anyway, I just wanted to Yeah. Here here's I a, wanted to hold him up as uh someone I respect him so much for that and how great it must feel for him to know how his kids and his grandkids and his family and his wife, you know, can be so proud of him. For doing just the right thing, right? So objectively, he looks at at the events, right? And you can feel... I I actually ugly cried a little bit during his speech. And during... (laughs) If I'm being honest, the thing that, that, that... One of the threads we have here, I ugly cried at the end of the halftime show too. Like I always hope you're, oh, don't look at me right now. Because I'm kind of ugly crying a little bit. I missed the ugly cry at the end of the halftime show. I think you might have been crying too. Anyway, it was amazing. When we when we first heard Mitt, we were together, right? And I I, we played him on my phone, and I just wanted to hear it because I heard it was amazing. And he choked up, and I could not help myself from reciprocating because it was like it felt so elemental and pure and true, and um, and that is not. I think your point is an important one. It's not that's not a partisan thing. I think if this were I like to think that if this were in terms of party just flip-flopped, it wouldn't matter because here it's just a man doing the right thing, a person doing the right thing for the right reasons. And And I um, recognize how difficult we, we, it was for him. Oh, it takes a degree of gut-wrenching and yeah. there was probably a million conversations about it, but it just represented, and I don't want to, you know, the context is not unimportant, but it, again, represented someone standing up for what they feel is right, for what they feel they promised, for what they feel they took an oath to do and to protect, um, and and it at great personal risk. Like he could, he and knows his career risk. could be, yeah. yeah, yeah, personal, professional. I mean, I include that in personal. It could, it could uh, lose him his gig. Yeah, for but sure. But I, I think it will not. I think he will be held in, in very high esteem. I think, I think Mitt, and this is the truth, I think Mitt Romney could 
announce tomorrow and have a very good shot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what's going on in that cr- in crazy town. Like, you know, we th- I keep hoping things that make sense um, get traction, but it it doesn't seem like they do. So, but I, I did think about that, and I think it, it for sure is a defining moment for him. Oh, there's no doubt. Like a, I mean, in, in in such a great way, like. A lot of people can have an amazing body of work in their life and work really hard and do really good things and and can have a moment that can just mess it up, you know, and lose it all. Um, And but I think this is he's done. He's been a public servant and he I think this will be how he kind of goes down in history in the books, I think. Right. Right. This probably negates the binders of women that he uh Oh, that's right. Talked about. In the- yeah. And I'm not saying I don't know. I'm not a, you know, a, an authority on uh, Mitt Romney and how he's voted. I'm not a scholar about, you know, on, on Mitt Romney, but I was moved by that. And like I was thinking about it, you know, the other day, all day. I just, I was, and I was kind of almost choked up. I wanted to just say, I was trying to, I want to post something or say something. Just kind of thank you for showing us how just like JLo and Shakira <laughs> like how shedding light you know being light like light showing us a, a, a better way better better I actually better. I actually agree and, I, and and just as a final note on on Mitt um, so I, this is a process that I think has been kind of a clown car from the beginning for everybody you know what I mean like this whole impeachment thing and and this is the one guy I think who really thought about the gravity of the situation that there are massive implications for a country for the entire planet if if you remove this man remove a person from this office from this highly held you know widely held most powerful seat on earth definitely and um, I don't know that everybody took it seriously, and you know when clearly when you're just voting along party lines and everyone's calling each other names, people are not taking the gravity of a situation seriously. And then you get this one guy who you feel like, oh, this dude at least thought it through. Like he at least is. I think a lot of them probably it. thought it through. And you know, like Amy Klobuchar was saying, you know, you know, we can all sit back in our little towns and criticize them and judge them and you know a lot of them work really hard i don't know i just wanted to say i don't even want to necessarily over contextualize it and and go down the political rabbit hole but i did want to just i me personally i just want to thank him cool that's it i'm with you yeah um what's next up on the agenda (laughs) so we give our gratitude so far to uh the the enduring trio of shakira j-lo and mitt romney yeah who uh, when when they finally share a stage together, that's when I finally will die a happy man. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so last night, um, uh, we went to a showcase for the Chicago Academy for the Arts. Um, John spoke there to their faculty and parents um, like a month ago. Yes. And they invited mm-hmm. us to the showcase, and we went last night, and it was amazing. So thank you, Chris Arnold. Yes. Assistant principal for inviting us. Seriously, Chris, thank you. It was it was um, everything you described it would be and more. It was it was moving the so we got to see 
in the course of maybe an hour and a half or so. I think, yeah, it was a couple hours plus. Um, we got to see um, some uh, live dancing, more than one style. Yeah. Right? Um, we got to see um, some singing that was astonishing. We heard opera. We heard jazz. We heard uh, there was musical theater. There was Shakespeare. There was um, some you know modern dance, classical ballet, uh Poetry, a jazz trio, just playing. Oh yeah, that was amazing. Kick ass. Um, and it's on my Insta story. Some of it. Uh, there was um, film. Yep. There was uh, art. Uh, oh my god, that was amazing. Um, so there was an art show, artistic representations of kind of the layers of memory of like yeah, uh, and and how it forms, you know how. How it forms your life, you know how it, and how experience how can distort it. Experience and time can distort memory, and so yeah. they they sometimes would present the same memory from different angles, different perspectives, different people's points of view, their own points of view at different points in time. There were a whole bunch of representations. So you're you're seeing a, a video of kids talking you through their visual arts and. Um, and so they're narrating kind of their process. Incredible. And Incredible. and, and, and it process felt kind of like what they wanted us to really wrap our brain around is like, you know, you walk into this place at any point in time and some every kid has something in process. Every, every kid, every group of kids, they're working through something toward some goals, yeah, toward some, some kids, creative goal. Right. And some kids were talking about, right, there was another video of kids talking about how, uh, you know, where they get their ideas and how they take their ideas and, and create their stories. There was a film, a short film, um, like a little horror film. Actually, they shot at Charlie Trotter's. It's closed. So I think the the... the the director and writer uh, is maybe I don't know if he's Charlie's son, but but anyway, he had access to that building. Yeah. So this really funny video of the process of writing it and shooting it and um, casting and, 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 it and, and and running into some snags and then going back and 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 finding a way to bring um, more weight to it or to punctuate the story yeah. better. Um, and this kid told his. His process story in a very entertaining, very funny way, and the the end film was really, really good. Really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was incredible. And you know, one thing I, we've talked about this before. It's kind of a passion of mine. You know, the creative process, um, how valuable it is, and how it kind of gets chopped off. Um, at the knees early for a lot of kids. Uh, and this school, you, John was telling me, you know, the goal is not necessarily getting these kids all into the performing arts or getting all these kids into Juilliard or, you know, it's, it's, it's helping these creative kids find their voice and thrive. And I, I literally have goosebumps In right now. In a safe and supportive yeah. atmosphere. Yeah, I love everything about that, um, and I, I just hope that there's you know more and more opportunities for kids to find their voice that way. So I mean, it's an, these kids are so lucky to be in the school. Um, 
to, like I said, find their voice, find their jam to, they're so, I think, accepting um, things that might get kids ostracized or misunderstood, um, you know, or um, uh, kind of pigeonholed in in normal, like regular schools uh, settings. They're celebrated and um, cultivated and uh, yeah, it was amazing to see all those kids up there. It was, and it was, it was, it gave me hope. Oh yeah. It, it, it's that the kind of night that's filled with hope. It's um, I love the vision of more and more as time goes on and our kids get consumed, their time gets consumed, sucked in by, um, you know, things that feel flat to me and um, emotionless. And kids express this feeling to mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. So when they're engaged and you can see kids like, you know, really excited to be up on the stage, to celebrate their friends who are up on the stage, to wave across the theater, then there isn't, unless unless we're recording a moment of, you know, hey, this is this is my friend playing the piano or dancing or this is his film, um, there's no phones in sight. These kids are very engaged. And this is, this, I would have this, a similar feeling if we went to a track meet, I think, you know what I mean? Like uh, there, there's a lot of things I think that can bring that to kids, but that full engagement, there's something about that creative process, man, that is, um, really, really incredible because, you know, you're looking at kids who are what, 18 and younger, who are up on a stage in front of a good thousand people, maybe more, in the beautiful yeah. uh, Athenaeum a- Theater yeah. here, and um, and you know, knowing that, and and I know a lot of kids, you know, so I know that um, just playing the numbers game, a good number of the kids who are up there probably are depressed. A good number probably carry some anxiety. A good number probably feel hopeless sometimes, and. Regardless, it's kind of like these teachers, the, these lovely people who are um, their, their caretakers and the ones who are encouraging them and, and pushing them to thrive and not lowering the bar for them, but more like, I know, life is rough and you're not feeling great, but there's a thousand people waiting for you to dance, right. so you got to go. Right. <laughs> you know, like, and that, that's a really healthy thing, right? It's like, you know, okay, I can feel the pain and I can do the thing anyway. And I know that there was a lot of that happening last night. Or I can create art through the pain. I can show how difficult it is to be at home, right? So home was a running theme in some of the visual art that we saw. And sometimes it wasn't good. And you could and, and kids describe this and you can see it. You know, visually you can see it on what they paint or what they build. It's it's amazing. So, so the point is they're getting I didn't mean to interrupt. So so I don't want people to think, oh, well, that's a performing arts school or that's an art school and that's different. And, uh, but everybody, and I mean this, everybody is an artist. Everyone is an artist. And we stop looking for that part of ourselves way too early. And schools take it out. Uh, you know, because of money that that it gets taken out of the curriculum, and I and I don't think it's it's that valued. But to be able to work through your feelings on paper or uh, you know on film, 
Um, through music. Through, through music. Dance. It, it, everyone should have access to that. And it's amazing um, because when you – sometimes you don't know what you think until you say it. And that means – that can mean painting it, literally saying it in spoken word, singing it, you know, w- playing it in an instrument. Then, oh, you, you, you know how you feel and what you think. And um, we need to foster that more in everyone. But uh, I, I just love – I love – the I love the, this school, what they do, um, and maybe we're over romanticizing it. But these kids are lucky, and they get uh, to yeah, they get to work their stuff out in a creative way. And and I'm going to jump in and say I don't think we're over romanticizing it. You know, like I, I, having you and I spent some time there this one day um, when I got there early. Um, there was a kid who was just, I'm like, oh, no, uh, study hall right now um, in this room full of guitars and instruments and stuff. And uh, he's like, no, just a little stressed out and just kind of like, I'm just going to work it out, you know, and he played, you know, the guitar for a minute. And it was like kind of like jaw-droppingly good while he's talking to me. And um, and that is something I think you're right that, you know, that so this is a very specific type of school, right? But um, there's something we can all, every public school and private school for every kid everywhere could probably take away from this place and the way they operate. You know, there's a way that the um, faculty, I think, look at the kids, have expectations for the kids. They're never teaching to a test. Um, and the creativity is encouraged. And um, one thing I heard from a couple of teachers when I was talking to them that day is that um, creativity is encouraged in you know in in their um, major fields. So everyone has a major, oh, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also encouraged in math oh. and in you know what I mean. And so if you've got a, an interesting way to solve a problem, they they're not like you know. Mm, no, this isn't how this isn't how you do it on the ACT. Yeah, this, yeah. This, no, no right. it's it's more like you know oh. Come on up and talk us through that. Oh so they're willing to God, take a moment to, that. you know what I'm saying? Yes. And then, you know, so if you're, um, if you're the, the partial credit thing, it's like, you know, a kid might be able to construct, somebody was telling me a kid can construct this algebra solution that gets you three quarters of the way there. And you can say, wow, that is, that I hadn't even thought of. So from here, you have to do it this way, I think, unless we can think of a different way. But that's a new way to do that, right? You know, yeah. to, get, to get that far. So, you know, we're not saying there's just one way. And if you think about life, there's never yeah, just no one kidding. way. You know what I mean? Like even – and if you think – if you've ever talked to anybody who's an expert in math or if you've ever read Malcolm Gladwell, even in mathematics, you know, you think this is something that is absolute and objective when in fact – there are so many avenues to the same thing. You look at science and there are so many avenues to the same thing. And if we're not thinking broadly and creatively and openly, then we're missing a lot of them. If we're, if we're teaching to a test, we're missing almost, we're missing all of them, but one, and it's one, you know, that's a, a presumed right way. And then when those kids grow up, the idea of thinking creatively is not in the vernacular. The skills these kids learn through creativity and creating something and problem solving, you know, like this kid who made this film, um, his first run of the film, 
everyone was like, yeah, we don't like it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and you would think like, yeah, these people are really supportive of one another, but they're really honest with him. Like, doesn't work. Doesn't have the punch. And so he went back and he worked the soundtrack differently. Oh, that's right. And and created the punch from you know sounds he made with his what sister or something in in his room. Uh, um, he th- I thought it was electronic. Yeah, but they, I, oh, they were yeah, both. Yeah, they were, he yeah, and his yeah, sister, I think, yeah, were both yeah, like yeah, messing yeah, around yeah, with sounds. Yeah. Um, anyway, there's we're pontificating and um, and maybe caffeinated a little. Well, no, but she. Uh, so um, they honored an instructor last night. I think she was the, was she the visual arts chair? I believe that's right. Um, but anyway, she was saying that a lot of so so if you want to just think practically and put it back into the. Um, you know, the way we define whether a lot of things are successful, especially in schools, you know, for the record, a lot of tech companies, a lot of companies hire art students. Right. You know, she was saying that, you know, Amazon. Silicon Valley, Amazon, you know, she kind of was like, you know, not kind of laughing, saying, and oh, you know, by the way, yeah, they're recruiting art students because of the way they think uh, they um, they process. Yeah. And they, and they brought kids up like. I think all the seniors, one by one, throughout the show to kind of talk to them about their process. Um, so, yeah, it was super inspiring. And, and again, a reminder that uh, we can find better ways to foster, you know, that sense of competence and resilience and value in uh, light in our in a lot of our kids who... Uh, aren't finding that in the typical uh, and and in ourselves in our in, t- in our typical schools. Agreed completely. And and to give a nod to the uh, kind of a basic Julie Duffy pillar, um, don't decide early in your child's life what he or she is not. You know, like give them the opportunity to show what they are and what they can do. And so, when you have that fleeting thought, that fearful thought. Um, that probably has more to do with you than it does your child. That your child's not an athlete, is not a, um, is not a creative person, not an artist. And um, really, like, pause on this. This sounds. I know we've said this before, and it can kind of like, I think, just brush right over you. But seriously, and we do it out of anxiety to get our kids on the right track, to make sure they're getting all the stuff they need to get the resume, to get into the college, to blah, 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 to get the sticker, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, and we decide, Oh, so, I mean, it is an epidemic how much we say that we're not singers. We're not artists. We don't, you know, that that we aren't these creative things and it is just absolutely not the truth. We don't take the time to find our voice, um, literally and figuratively. I didn't know I could sing until my 20s or 30s. I don't even know. I had no idea I could paint. Um, And again, we hold, we started doing these open mics in our town. And first it was just adults who always wanted to try to play and sing or had been, you know, played a guitar a million years ago and hadn't for a while. It was just a a reason to practice, a reason to perform. It was amazing. And it really took hold because of the way people felt doing it. And then all the kids, all the kids started performing. And every single one of them, 
ultimately found a beautiful singing voice, um, the ability to write music in many cases, to, to play in many cases. Am I right? Oh, I mean, completely. I mean, it, it, they started out scritchy, scratchy, maybe a little off key, maybe doing a funny, funny song with their friends when they were eight. All of them have amazing singing voices. Every single one of them. Because they had a reason to find them. Yep. Which they wouldn't have had. And, and a venue to find them. Yeah. And, um, and, and, yeah. A, and a, yeah, a motivation. Like, it was. it's really fun to... You know, fire up. That's why I schedule art shows so I have a reason to paint. You know, we had these open mics. It was a reason for people to practice, put a song together, sing a song, and like kind of one by one, all the kiddos stepped up and blew us all away. Yeah, it's where, in in a way, you know. So I'm thinking about like. I don't know why I always do this. Whenever we make a podcast, I always try to like tie it together. And I'm thinking that's good. Thematically, it feels like. Um, it, it feels like kind of fully engaging in allowing people to fully engage in what and who they are. And so um, I'm thinking about JLo and Shakira and like, you know, these now international treasures, right? And, you yeah. know, like, and, 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 um, and what people, what people get rankled about is, the fact that they fully engaged in who they were, you know what I mean? Like, so like, all the way down to the, um, the, the tongue thing that Shakira did to the camera and every, you know, um, you know, hip shaking thing that is actually like, kind of like born in their culture and in their bones, you know, like that's part yeah. of who they are. And from, and to, to, to Mitt Romney, who has clearly a, a gift for diplomacy and is an intelligent guy and decided, you know, this I'm going to take this moment to live in this truth to these kids who decided, you know, I'm, I'm going to go to this place. And again, right, that there's a privilege to going to the place, but I'm going to step all the way into this space. I'm going to leave it all out there. Like I'm thinking I, I don't know, we probably watched 300 performances last night. And some there, there were clearly some people who are going to go to Juilliard and who are right. going to be oh, voice, yeah. voice yep, majors, yep, yep. right? Yeah, there's someone that graduated from there, I think, who's written, like, a bunch of Justin Bieber's songs. I mean, there's some real success stories. And one someone's in the Joffrey, I think. And so there are those people. But, but everybody brought it. Everybody, you know, like, the, part of it, the courage is stepping in and doing, right? You know, it's like saying yes, stepping in. And doing the creative thing, doing the right thing, um, I don't know. That's what's on my mind right now. Is like you know, and and I think and, and about- being and being supported that that school it, it, uh, as as parents, as friends, as teachers, supporting that creativity. I picture kids, some kids in the typical school system, seeming uh, a little different, a little you know, off, you know out of the ordinary and a lot of times they don't get celebrated for that dig into that as a teacher as a parent maybe it's your kid's friend like be curious about that and 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 help um help bring that out in in a kid definitely and that's and i'm thinking about parenting and i'm thinking about the kids i know and work with and how many of them never get that moment, you know, are, and so they're, they're somewhat sedentary and their, their lives are 
limited unnecessarily mm-hmm. in, in such dramatic ways, right? You know what I mean? And I, I can't think of a kid I know where I didn't want them somehow displayed on a stage like that. You know what I mean? Like, or on a track or on a field or, or in a pool or whatever, just doing it. You know what I mean? Like engaged and doing it. You know, that's that's where we're... That's where life is, right? It's where yep. the butterflies are. It's where there's, you know what I mean? Like oh, the butter, yeah. the butterflies are on the wings of the stage. The butterflies are on the, um, uh, you know, the edge of the pool. The butterflies are right at the uh, at the bench where you're about to step in. The butterflies are when you tap the mic at the debate stage. That's where you know you're you're like, okay, I'm about to go all in. I'm living life. I feel fully alive right now, and that's what makes it all worth it. Otherwise, it everything goes black and white, opaque, ordinary. You know. And too many of our kids are leading ordinary lives. All right. So just on the butterfly thing, I just found this thing. I think I've read it before, but wait. I always say that the things you remember in life are the things that happen right after you have butterflies. So you should never avoid the butterflies because those are the memory makers. I love that. That is. That's Brian Reagan, comedians in cars getting coffee. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to say, unless we hadn't already, that – Shakira, J-Lo, Mitt, and the Chicago Academy for the Arts, all the kiddos, the teachers, and that performance all gave me hope. So I think that's the through line. Uh, This current environment um, probably brings out, you know, the asshole in all of us. (laughs) It's interesting you say that. One thing I was thinking is... This is the least like angry I've felt making this podcast in a long time. I yeah. feel like it has felt like all the good news, right? You know what I mean? In a way, we're focusing on the good news. And and some people would argue that p- parts of this aren't good news. But, you know, I think we're just saying like, mm, no, this is all good stuff. Yeah, this so- is all good stuff. And these are good people doing good things. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. This is better, you guys. Love you, honey. Love you, honey.